Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We have our usual panel today of Adam and Rhiannon and myself, Caleb, and all the audio and video is now, well, I don't know the video is working. I don't think I can see myself. Nonetheless, it's been a long night already with AV stuff, so we're just happy to be recording this podcast. How, how are you guys doing? Doing good. Hello? Yeah. Hello, can you guys hear me? <laughs> Don't you right, yes. start with me, Adam. All right, just making sure. <laughs> just making sure we're on the same page. Good. We're good to go. Not funny. So I feel like the news has just exploded in the last 24 hours. So um, we'll try to hit everything. I think the biggest thing that happened today as we record is uh, we got confirmation that there is legit going to be a Hawkeye series on Disney Plus and that Kate Bishop is going to be introduced as part of that series. Uh, Rhiannon, I know you have been excited about Kate Bishop coming to the MCU for a long time. Uh, this was a very good bit of news for you, huh? Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm curious to see what hawkeye what jeremy renner's hawkeye because the news included that renner's hawkeye was going to be passing the mantle to kate barton um i'm curious to see where he is after endgame um what that entails what we see uh i'm just excited for it bring it on bring on some katie kate and i just totally like i'm sure that somewhere in a comment i read uh, Clint Barton referring to her as Katie Kate, which is why I do it all the time. I don't know why that stuck in my head, uh, but I'm excited to see it, you guys. Hell yeah. But I also feel like there's a little bit of burnout on this news. Like, a friend of mine that I know is really into Kate Bishop Hawkeye. I was like, oh my god, aren't you excited? And she was like, another show that they're making on Disney Plus, and who knows when we'll actually see it. Yeah, I, it is interesting, I think, that like we're definitely finding out that Hawkeye's still alive after Infinity War, I think. Because in, unless Kate has been just like sitting around in the shadows for the last like four movies, I mean, Barton has to survive Endgame in order for this to happen. Does that seem right, Adam? Like... Is this a bit of a spoiler to what his destiny is going to be in this movie? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, it is obviously pretty weird timing. Uh, Disney has that big event tomorrow. Um, I'm not sure where that's at. I forgot to look it up. Um, but obviously they're not even going to announce. You know, Initially I thought that that is why this Hawkeye news came out today, but it's not like they're going to announce Hawkeye in an official capacity at this investors call or meeting um, two weeks before Endgame. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would... Spoiler, sure. Um, I don't think Hawkeye's going to be near the top of many people's death pools anyways. Um, I could be wrong, though. But it makes sense. I mean, there, this spells out ramifications or, you know, it has ramifications for... You know, just how serious they're taking Disney Plus. I mean, if they're introducing K Bishop on Disney Plus, obviously there will be 
characters introduced on this streaming platform that will make it into a movie at some point or another. It's just not that one way of traffic path we've talked about before. Uh, so, I mean, you know, at least on that end, that's certainly encouraging. Yeah, it does seem to suggest that that new Avengers idea is something that's like for for real going to happen at, at some point and not just like in the far future. Like it seems to suggest that this is being worked on right now by Marvel. So, right, right. And then that that begs the question. I mean, if they do new Avengers, are they still going to do, you know, Sam Alexander and Miles and Kamala and Viv and, and a champions type setup? Or are they going to brand you know, Kate Bishop, um, champions. Uh, so that's still the debate you have to have with this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it almost seems, I wonder if they're going to do a, some sort of Defenders verse on Disney+. Plus. Um, I think that's kind of sort of where they're heading, I guess. Well, Michael T. Ford is saying in the live chat that this to him gives him hope that they could do the Young Avengers as a TV show on Disney Plus. You know, like uh, if they put Kate Bishop into one of these, and then maybe the Scarlet Witch and Vision show. Um, well, no, that's not that's not right. But yeah, I mean, like um, yeah, that there's this possibility that they could put these characters together on the the streaming stuff. So. I think it's interesting. I mean, can you just imagine if they're giving this Hawkeye show a hundred million dollars? Can you imagine a six episode order uh, of like fractions run? I mean, that there's no way in hell that's going to cost a hundred million dollars to produce. Uh, so I mean, it, it's going to be crazy how quality, high quality these shows are going to be. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Kate Bishop, she's you know, kind of grounded. I think she's um, Avengery enough to be exciting and to be a Disney Plus character, but grounded enough that you could have her as a TV show and it wouldn't matter from a spectacle standpoint. It does beg the question, though, and I am being serious on this, even though it might sound kind of odd, but I would consider maybe the spoiler being an endgame that somehow... But the spoiler in Avengers Endgame would probably be, I wonder if Clint gets in a position where he somehow made death. Oh, I hope so. Because, I mean, that's the that's the one thing. I don't want to call it an inclusion bit, but obviously that's always been a huge part of Clint's mythos from the comics. And it's even more prevalent in the Kate Bishop stuff. Um, so, yeah, I would guess that would probably be the spoiler over then. Hawkeye actually being alive. I'm worried. I'm wondering about volume on all this stuff. Like now we've heard there's going to be a Loki show. There's going to be a Scarlet Witch and Vision show. There's going to be a Falcon and Bucky show. Now we're hearing that this Hawkeye thing is greenlit. There's been a lot of other rumors, but I mean, there's four shows that we've heard legitimately are going to happen. And I, I just, like how long is that going to take? Like, is that the first year of Disney plus or is that the first six months of Disney plus? Like I want so bad on that investor call tomorrow, which we might even have to put some kind of insert into the podcast by the time it comes out. Like I want them to give us details. I think we're hearing maybe November is when the, you know, uh, service is going to launch, but I want to know how that works out. Like I want more details as much as possible. Without 
getting too into it. Um, I think the production start dates on some of these shows are a lot earlier than what people think. Um, oh, that's as close as we get to a scoop on this show. It's not a scoop. It's rumors. It's certainly not a scoop, and I am no by no means a trade. This is kind of publicly available if you want to put in the word. Eh, it's not really publicly available. But, I mean, let me say this. I would not be surprised if one of... It's almost guaranteed one of the shows is going to be ready for launch in November. All but guaranteed. If not more, I guess. Ooh. This is all if good. If somebody's filming in my backyard, you better let me know. I have no idea about locations. I'm going to start sending you every little sign for a TV show that I don't recognize for you to let me know if it's a production title. So this is what's going to be so heartbreaking. I mean, it makes sense for Marvel to shoot Hawkeye in like a New York City, right? But then that takes right. him away from his farm. And Iowa, Iowa just passed this bill with film tax credits. So, I mean, let's let's get the farm up. But Hawkeye's not in the... I mean, Katie Kate is from L.A., so, I mean, if they're doing the fraction, like Hawkeye, Hawkeye in New York, but this Hawkeye doesn't have, like, a huge connection to New York. There's no reason to think that the MCU Hawkeye is connected to New York in any major way. It could easily be set in Los Angeles, or, I mean, do you have cities in Iowa? Cities. (laughs) I mean, Des Moines? Uh, no, no, it's, no duplexes yeah there's uh there's towns and villages <laughs> we'll put it that way uh i mean yeah, des moines probably a quarter of a million people so it's mid-market we'll say so will so i mean you know you could have hawkeye and lucky the pizza dog they could be shooting arrows i'd be down for and that. drinking coffee i wonder i mean yeah there's so many questions that this brings up I mean, if Clint's passing the torch, is he passing the torch to like an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Or is he passing the torch because he's upset that his family still isn't alive? Or is he passing the torch because he's thankful his family's back and he wants nothing to do with being a superhero anymore? Or is he just passing the torch because Jeremy Renner's getting old and can't do interviews well anymore? If he's passing the torch because he went deaf and they're saying that he can't be a superhero anymore because he's deaf, I think that will make people. Well, yeah, upset. yeah. So, as much as I'd like to see the deaf storyline, I hope that's not the angle. I hope it's sort of like in the comics where he's passing the torch, but he's still carrying the torch. Like they're both Hawkeyes. There's two Hawkeyes. Or the original six Avengers are going to become the Infinity Watch and they're each going to get an Infinity Stone at the end of Endgame and they all have to go to different corners of the universe to keep them safe. This is my new theory that I've developed today. I'd be down with it. I like it. I will say the best member of the Infinity Watch to ever hit comics was Turk Barrett. If you guys haven't read the Turk Barrett Infinity Stone issues, you gotta hop on that. Can Turk Barrett pop up in the in the D- Disney Plus shows? Like, I know they can't take any of the other characters, but, I mean, surely Rob Morgan can just show up and nobody from Netflix will notice. Just don't use his name. Just have Rob Morgan just don't use as his name. unlisted yeah, character just... number two or whatever. Yes. Yes. 
They let they uh, yes. Yes. All right, this really isn't the second biggest piece of news, but it kind of goes with Disney Plus, so I'll bring it in here. Uh Marvel is also producing some uh like documentary shows that are going on Disney Plus. The two that are listed here are Marvel's Hero Project, which I guess is about like people that are real life heroes. I don't think it's super Marvel-y <laughs> from what I can tell. And then a show that's being tentatively called Marvel 616, which is going to be, I guess, like a retrospective that looks at the history of the creation of Marvel's characters. Um, Adam, I think you maybe looked into this more than I did. Uh, This is going to be kind of Marvel adjacent material, but not Mm -hmm. exactly like Mm -hmm. it's not like a Hawkeye show, but it's still going to be something to do. Right. It's I don't know if you want to call them like history channel documentaries or I mean, they're nonfiction tales. The most interesting part of this is uh, a look at the production company behind it. it. What is it? Marvel New Media, I believe. Um, which tells me that Disney... It, isn't that Ryan Panagos' department? Maybe. I don't know. I know Stephen Wacker or Stephen Waker is involved. But I'm pretty sure it's the arm of Marvel that Agent M's involved with. So, but Panagos wasn't on the list of producers. Right. But he's the digital media. Ryan Panagos is digital right. media. Right. So that's yeah, digital new. It's it's easy to get lost. But so the point remains the same is that Disney is choosing to totally skip over Marvel Television as a production arm and go to this I don't want to say new entity cuz it's been around and does content for for other stuff. Um but he's giving this this new you know sibling or new child the rights to to produce these shows. I'm not saying anything you know bad about it, but it's peculiar at least you know. Yeah, it seems to me this is like people that have done YouTube videos for them in the last little bit that they're like upgrading now and giving them a little more budget and put them on Disney Stream. Like they've been doing cosplay YouTube videos for a while on Marvel, I think, you know, or they find somebody who's a great cosplayer for a particular character. And, um, yeah, this just seems like an extension of that to me. Awesome. Bring it. Let's see. Let's see the real There's people. So much content. Holy cow. Maybe they'll do an episode about us. Has anybody reached out to Wacker? <laughs> Please, Mr. Can Wacker, do a show about us. <laughs> Okay, maybe not. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a good idea. Yeah, we're, we're we're totally available. If anyone wants to do Marvel News Desk, the true story, we can we can even. I'll take out my Save Daredevil shirt. <laughs> they can't do a Daredevil show, but can they do a documentary show about the Save Daredevil group? Oh, for sure, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got stories. Uh, so in the lead up to Endgame, Kevin Feige has been doing a lot more media and people have been asking him a lot about X-Men and Fantastic Four. And he had a quote that took a lot of people off guard where uh, he said that it's going to be a, quote, very long time, end quote, before the X-Men will appear in the MCU. Uh, a, are you surprised that that's his take? And B, are you surprised that he was this honest about it? Who says he's being honest? Right. Okay, do you think he is being, though? I mean, I'm not surprised. I, I mean, I I think we've talked about it a lot. I think that they're going to start with something far from... You know, they're good at using these these 
characters that we don't remember and turn them into something huge. So I think they'll start somewhere and let people gradually forget this X-Men universe for a little while before they come back to it. And he's got enough toys in his toy box to last him another 10 years. You know, we probably should preface it with, I mean, a long time to most of the people who tweet is about six months. Um, but I, I mean, it's safe to say, I mean, 2020 is locked in and 2021 is likely locked in and probably what they have dates through 22, I believe. Right. Or is it 23? Uh, I think all the dates are through 2022 right now that we know of. Which, I mean, chances are those are, are full. We're talking about Guardians 3, Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2, probably Cap, uh, Shang-Chi, Black Widow, Eternals. So, I mean, the dates are likely full. I mean, I would be very, very surprised if they come in guns blazing and they do a Wolverine solo movie. Or if, God help me, if they do Dark Phoenix. You know? I mean, I... It's not it's not within the Marvel Studios MO to do super conventional stuff. Um I mean it was at a point where maybe I was thinking that they would shelve Guardians 3 in favor of like a Corsair and the the Star Jammers or something, you know. Um but I I don't know. I don't want to see Cyclops and Jean Grey and Wolverine and, and Storm right off the get-go, you know. Um do some of the more funkier stuff. I mean, obviously we've seen they can make that happen. Yeah, what it seems to say to me is they're not going to rush to insert these movies into the current slate. Like, they're going to produce what they're currently working on producing, and then as they do future plans, they'll insert X-Men and Fantastic Four. And I think the other thing that tells me then is just how confident Kevin Feige is right now. This deal truly for him was not like, Oh man, I hope we get the Fox stuff because I feel like we're running out of content. Like for Feige, it's, oh, awesome. This is something else and something we'll be able to use down the road. But that he's not, he doesn't feel any pressure to insert these characters any faster than he wants to. And so the fact that it just, to me, this is a place of incredible confidence that Kevin Feige can look at and go, you know, I can develop a Shang-Chi movie or I could speed up and try to hurry and get another Wolverine movie done. You know what? I think Shang-Chi is my better choice. Like that just shows that he knows what he's got and they, they're confident in what they have and they're not in a rush to kind of chase, you know, X-Men gold, which I think is a good place for them to be in for us as fans too, that we're not going to see movies that are, are being force fit into the schedule just because they think it'll make some cash. So speaking of the film slate that we have in front of us, uh, there's been a really surprising bit of news that we're trying to make total sense of. Uh, Marvel Studios and the Australian government have confirmed that in 2019, some movie is going to start filming in Australia, uh, and it's a significant tax break that the Australian government is giving Marvel Studios, which will incentivize them to go there. It'll be the first time they filmed in Australia since Thor Ragnarok. But what's really interesting is that the Sydney Morning Herald uh, newspaper is saying that Shang-Chi is supposed to be that movie that films in Australia, which messes with our timelines because most of the people, I think, had Shang-Chi as probably like a November 2021 movie. But if they film that 
this year, it needs to come out faster than that, or it probably will come out faster than that, which has led some, including our buddy Charles Murphy, to suggest that they might use one of their Fox states in 2019, or 2020 next year to fit in Shang-Chi. So, like, Charles legitimately thinks next year, instead of just Black Widow and Eternals that we've been talking about, that Shang-Chi may be in between those uh, as a movie. Are you guys excited by that? Like, would you like next year to have a third movie? Do you think it'd be uh, a good thing for Shang-Chi to come out faster than 2021? See, that's the thing. I don't I don't think they would add a third movie. I think they'd replace Eternals. They would move Eternals to, what, the February 2021 date. They'd replace Shang-Chi. I mean, next year, um, like we said, Disney Plus comes out in November. You know, it's next 2020 is the, the prime year to to start rolling out these these Disney Plus shows to see how well they're received while they only have two movies on the slate you know um i am getting more excited about both of the movies currently scheduled for next year um, but i i mean at at least in my mind it makes more sense to start rolling these shows out when you only have two movies scheduled have we ever found out why they only decided to schedule two movies? And are they sure the whole movie is filming? Because remember, they had a tax credit thing in California where Captain Marvel had to start filming by a certain date in order to get the tax credit. So they started up and filmed like two weeks of it and then came back six months later and filmed the rest of the movie. But our buddy Charles Murphy was the one that pieced all of that together too, so... I mean, I imagine if it was that type of situation, he'd be on top of it. Yeah, I don't think we know anything definitive. It's thrown everybody off because Eternals and Black Widow have both been moving at the sort of pace that they almost have to be the movies for next year, uh, particularly Black Widow. I mean, they're doing a whole lot of casting if they're not going to you know, be filming this movie soon. And so we have like dates and places that we believe the filming of those two movies are going to start. And this one was just weird because it's a like it's it's another one, and we're like, what is it? We're not sure. And then Sydney Morning Herald is saying Shang Chi. I just think, uh, I don't know. I think that it's possible that things fell together, and the script went faster than they thought it would, and they like what they've got. And that Feige looked at it and said, "Hey, we've got a an X Men date for June that that Fox had put in place that they're not we're not going to use now. Why don't we just go ahead and take that? And it's just it's the opposite of why they went to two. You asked Adam why they went to two. It's because the three were supposed to be Guardians, Black Widow, and Eternals, and then Guardians got pushed, so they put it down to two. And I think it could be the opposite where now all of a sudden they have a movie that's moving along faster than they thought, and so maybe they're moving it quicker. I like the idea of fitting an extra one in because it provides more space down the line for more things to be added, you know. Speaking of filming dates, uh, Black Widow is apparently filming in June because David Harbour flat out said, hey, we're going to start filming that movie in June, which was kind of uh, interesting. Um, Harbour's actually been talking quite a bit about the movie and how excited he is that he thinks it's it's going to be quote real deep and uh, an interesting movie to do um, have you guys next week's news David Harbour is off of Black Widow 
it does kind of feel that way, doesn't it? Like he's, it seems like he's not gotten the Marvel memo yet about not saying anything. Yeah, maybe they're just too busy, like counting the solid pile of money from Endgame that they forgot to tell him to shut his trap. Yeah, the other one I thought was really weird is he actually he commented on the Rachel Rachel Weiss thing too, but it was just like something he read in Deadline. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm in Black Widow, and uh, I think Rachel Weiss may be too." I mean, that's what I read online, and you're like. David, you're an actor. You cannot be making comments about potential casting based on what you read online. Like, I just, I thought it was very bizarre. It is peculiar because there was something I was reading yesterday where Kevin was, uh, was, um, uncurious, not himself, um, with his shielded comment. I think it was about like this quantum suits or something he talked a lot more about them than I thought he would. Maybe everyone's just slipping at Marvel Studios. Maybe now that they have Avengers Endgame in the bag, they don't uh, care about spoilers as much. you have to look it up. Look up Kevin Feige quantum suit comments or something like that. Obviously, he didn't confirm their um, if, based on Quantum Realm, but he actually did talk about them far more than anyone has yet to talk about anything on the Endgame press tour. Yeah, as I remember it, he said something like um, the reason that they did what he calls the team suits is because that was a visually different element from Infinity War. So it helped distinguish Endgame from Infinity War as a film, I think is what I read. Something like that, man. You know, a lot more than what Joe Russo said. Joe Russo said, yes, those were in the trailer or something like that. All right, let me hit a little bit of casting news before we finish up our news talk. Um, two things that have happened since we recorded. This is old news now, but it happened after our last uh, recording. Um, oh, and I always forget how to pronounce. I know his last name is Nanjiani. Is it Kumail Nanjiani? Is that right, Adam? Sure. Kumail Nanjiani, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. He has joined Eternals, we believe. Uh, there's been at least talks. He's been uh, circling a role with that movie, which is... Um, he's been known for comedic stuff, but I think he's been doing more action stuff lately. So it looks like Eternals will continue to fill out that cast. And that continues what we've heard, that they want to have an international cast for that uh, movie. Yeah, diverse cast. Um, and then uh, on Black Widow... Uh, O.T. Fagbenli, Fagbenel, again, I have no idea how to pronounce this. I, I also think it's awesome his name is O.T. That's the first time I've seen that. Uh, apparently is from Handmaid, uh, Handmaid's Tale, has landed that uh, black British actor role that we heard rumored a while back that may be the villain's role, that some people want to be Taskmaster. Uh, he apparently has that role according to Deadline today, so... Either of those castings interesting to you guys? I know casting news for us is always a little bit like, yay, unless it's someone we know really well. Um, either of these interesting to you? Yay. So we're really bad at casting news. Those people have been cast. Good luck to them. I'm sure they'll do a great job. We don't have lots of opinions on actors. All right. Was there any other news that either of you wanted to talk about before we move on? Can I go on my little fem feminist rant now? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I was thinking at the end here we would do, as Adam mentioned, the press tours are going on for Endgame. And I think we've all been watching probably too much 
press for Endgame, given that nothing is being said. Uh, Rhiannon, I believe that there's something that's bothersome to you about something that's been said on this this press tour. Okay, all right. So, I mean, yeah, very little has been said on this press tour, but somebody did ask the Russos about Captain Marvel's crazy amount of makeup. And (laughs) when I first saw it, so we have different, like, channels in our Slack. I accidentally posted it in the Punisher channel um, because it triggered me. Um, It sure did. (laughs) So, okay. So somebody asked the Russos about the different makeup. And they gave a very innocent, I mean, like, admittedly, a very simple, innocent response of... um, and I'm just looking for the actual quote here, you know. I think she was experimenting with what the character was, and those were the choices that she and her hair and makeup team had made. I think as she started to join a deeper understanding of the character, especially after she approached her own movie, um, she started to make different choices as an artist that she would be afforded the right to make whatever choice she wants to make. Um Larson even went on to say, we shot this first, so I had to stumble and figure out who this character was with no script, no script for Captain Marvel either. So essentially, the reason that Brie Larson is showing up dressed to go clubbing in what we've seen so far with like full modern makeup is because they gave her no direction. And that the excuse the Rousseaus are giving is... You know, we wanted her to get to, you know, decide who her character is. And so, I mean, very innocent. Uh, It sounds a lot like putting the... um, It sounds a lot like just putting the creativity into the hand of the artist. But this really touched on me. And I just thought I would explain it. Like, I was having a discussion with another... With, like, a woman at work... And a man at work, and he just, like, couldn't understand it. And she immediately got what I was getting at. And that not giving Larson any direction on what the tone should be as far as, like, the makeup of her character and everything reeks to me of a situation where men don't even realize that there's an extra effort there. That perhaps... The Russos just there aren't so many women superheroes. They haven't had to direct that many women. Yes, they've had Scarlet Witch and they've had um, Scarlett Johansson, and they've they've you know they've had some women in their films, but they haven't had to like really look and come up with a character um, beyond them. They haven't had to deal with many women superheroes, and so you have a character that's a little bit different. And they didn't even give any thought. Yeah, you know, all the thought that goes into the creation of all these characters, all the times that we've seen characters debut in these ensemble movies. The fact that they didn't even think that the face of this brand new hero would be something that required consideration from the directors feels to me like something that feels just like a very male-centric view that I myself have encountered like in a professional workspace. I'm, I've been comparing it to, I worked at a place once that the dress code was men wear a shirt and tie every day and women should dress 
in similar or, yeah in and women dress in something similarly businesslike and the women at this place found out basically through trial and error what was going to be acceptable you know i remember one administrative assistant coming in and having on a denim skirt and that was the day that it was defined oh no denim you know and gradually put along because no guidance was actually given in what the dress code was for women so it feels kind of the same way like brie larson showed up and they were just like dressed like a superhero and she threw on full makeup because hey i'm a leading lady in a motion in a major motion picture and this is my introduction so i should be glam and the fact that the people behind the scenes that even like the hair and makeup department didn't like consult with the Russos or didn't, you know, get instruction from some level within Marvel with this is what this character is like. And that means she doesn't show up with bright red lipstick. Just sort of struck a nerve with me. And I think that's everything I wanted to say about that. At which point Adam and I say, Yes, absolutely. I feel like there's no way we can disagree with you appropriately on this. But well, I mean, but but for you guys, because I had an interesting conversation with a male coworker today about this, and um, you know, I mean, for you guys, is it something that you've ever thought about? I mean, were those angles? I mean, or does this just come off as argument of we shouldn't have women around? They're too complicated. No, I mean, my thing on it is the Russos have said that they just they don't make makeup decisions with any actor for any role. Like they have a makeup department and they trust them to do what they think is right. And they don't fuss with it. You know, like when people show up on set, they don't they don't try to tell the makeup department how to do their job any more than they'd tell craft services how to make a sandwich or they would tell the sound people how to gig up a microphone, you know, like I, I can appreciate that angle from it, from a director's perspective. They have so much under their purview that telling a professional makeup artist how to do their job could seem offensive as well. But if Gamora had shown up and not been green, they would have cared, right? Well, yeah, well, but not be yeah, green that's, that's... is a big difference. I mean, if and the thing is, you don't have to have... The makeup doesn't matter too much. If Jeremy Renner shows up with too much eyeliner, that's not going to be newsworthy. He could probably use a little bit. I was looking at a close-up earlier today. Um... You know, if Cap shows up and they've made his cheeks a little too rosy, that's not a big deal. But on a female character, there's a lot of makeup decisions. And they could really influence the character. And you can't tell me on these movies... Well, and I'm not just doing this to be argumentative. I I totally hear what you're saying. And and that's why I'm saying, like, I'm not pinning it all on the Russos. Because... There is, like, the whole makeup department. But you can't tell me within this cog that over the next six months, we're going to see so many artist renderings of scenes in this movie. They're going to leak out. You know, some of the professional artists involved in all of Marvel are going to be leaking out these renderings of every single scene being drawn out in this visual medium. And in all of this thought of what things are going to look like, nobody... 
they don't have a pile of sketches of what Captain Marvel was going to be. Or in those, like, they didn't think her actual face needed any consideration. It's not like Brie was new to the role. Like, they cast her so long ago. There was plenty of time for concept artists and for Brie herself and for the directors of Captain Marvel. Like, there could have been conversations about this. Yeah. Like, my takeaway, as someone who doesn't have the personal experience that you have with, like, makeup and the the workplace and all that kind of stuff... Like, my thing is just a continuity thing, that it was a risky decision to film Captain Marvel, a prequel movie, after you filmed her appearance in Endgame. And it just, it really didn't inspire confidence in me that they're building, like, I'm worried now that I'm going to spot eight things that I don't like about Captain Marvel in Endgame that don't fit her description in Captain Marvel. Because now I know in the back of my head, oh, this was filmed first. The continuity could be screwy. Exactly. And that's that's frustrating. Like, this is where Marvel, I don't think, has respected continuity as well as, like, Star Wars has. And they really would do well to. Like, I do feel bad for Brie Larson that... I'm just, I'm worried that Captain Marvel will not be as fully formed in Endgame as she is in her own solo movie. And that will totally make sense from a film production perspective, but will make zero sense from a narrative perspective. And that's frustrating to me. In Marvel's defense, I mean, they already have, you know, double the movies Star Wars has, for what it's worth. So I I don't know. I don't want to say anything. I vote present. Well, and I just wanted to, like, put all of this. I mean, like, why it felt important for me to say everything is there's some people on Twitter that are like, why is everybody upset over a little bit of lipstick? And I think for a lot of the people that are sort of upset over seeing her, yeah, it is a continuity thing. And it's, you know, for some of us, a little bit more than that. Like, to me, it's just like, maybe they did focus on all the continuity. Maybe her personality, maybe everything is going to be nice and fully formed. In which case, they seriously, the only part that they didn't care about was her literal face. And something about that just seems weird to me. Yeah, but I don't I don't know if it's that because the Russos have said several times in this press tour, you know, people think that we sit around with the other directors and talk about this stuff. But the reality is the only time we really talk about the continuity between movies is during when we run into someone going to the bathroom. Yeah. Right. And when they say stuff like that, I'm like, I do not want to hear that about you, you know, doing the capstone project for a 22 film enterprise. Give us the illusion that you're sitting down with Bowden and Fleck and talking about these things or that you and Taika had in-depth conversations about Thor. The idea that like, they rocked up to Taika at the urinal and was like, hey, what's Ragnarok going to be like? And he was like, oh, a little bit irreverent. They were like, oh, okay, that's enough. Good. Like, that stuff bothers me. <laughs> True. The Marcus and McFeely. Didn't Marcus and McFeely write this one, too? Endgame? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So maybe they were talking to the other writers, at least. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Adam, has there been anything that stuck out to you about the... Uh, any of this press tour stuff, I assume you're having to sift through a lot of it. I mean, it's a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> Can I swear? <laughs> sure. I'll do with Can it as you... I please in editing, but yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, this, uh, nah, I, 
This press tour is effing worthless. Gee dang it, it's so stupid and pointless. Uh, don't do not do it. They gave us a press conference and yeah, we have to cover it and stuff like that. But nothing's coming out of it, man. Like this Paul Rudd and Jeremy Renner interview. If I'm, if I'm this, who was an E! News? I think it was an E! News correspondent, Aaron or something. If I was Aaron and I prepped myself for this interview, it was just a stupid waste of time. I know it's only six minutes, but virtually nothing came of it. Nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, we found out that they love their children. Um, but nothing came out of it. It's just so bizarre and... It's not going to help the movie. What What's this press tour, tour going to do to help the GD movie? It's not. If anything, this press tour is going to hurt the movie, then it's going to help it. Um... It's just bizarre. Every, I mean, that kickoff press conference was awesome. But, uh, I mean, as a budding entertainment journalist, I have no desire um, to speak with Joe and Anthony Russo right now. Because where the hell am I going to get with it, you know? Um, it's, it's just bizarre. And it's weird. And, and I get the need to do a press tour. Um it's nothing's gonna come out of it not not even i don't know i mean i'm not expecting a spoiler i'm not expecting someone to say holy you know cap dies um but most of the interviews are just so vanilla and not not productive i, I don't know it reminds me a lot as somebody who lives in new england like i get to hear the weekly bill belichick press conference for the patriots you know on sports radio and it's gotten to where they don't even ask him anything like today they talk to bill and there's all kinds of things swirling around the team. One of their assistant coaches uh, randomly quit in the middle of the off season. Tom Brady's coming to the near the end of his contract. Gronkowski retired and they need to replace him. You don't care about this if you're listening to this podcast probably, but anyways, but there's all these questions about the team and absolutely none of them got asked to the coach today in his interview. Why? Because they know that he's going to give non-answers. He's classic for going, well, this podcast not what this interview is about. We're not going to speak to that today. Like, he does it so often and so frequently that it's it's a charade. They show up and ask him non-questions to which he gives non-answers, and then nobody leaves learning anything. And that's exactly what these interviews have turned into. And if anything else, like, you're, you're giving poor Mark Ruffalo, like, you know, a nervous disorder or something fearful that he's going to like give something up. He's not supposed to. And just a lot of it has been, I, I agree with you, Adam. It doesn't help promote the movie because this movie doesn't need any more promotion. It's selling like crazy, you know, like it just, why are we doing this at all? It seems kind of silly. We, we missed that in the news. This, this movie has sold five times as many tickets as Avengers infinity war. At this At point. Adam tickets though, right? No, that was Fandango. Okay, on Fandango. Yeah, I'm. I don't so know, I'm torn on this news. Well, a lot of people went to Fandango because AMC was down, so you have slightly higher Fandango because people are used to buying their tickets somewhere else. Right, but then Adam released the same, well, something similar that said 
And Dave's, what was it? Dave sold more tickets than Infinity War, Aquaman, Captain Marvel, and The Last Jedi combined, and then doubled. So they sold doubled yeah. those four. But movies. that's a new service, relatively, isn't it? Like I've never heard of Adam until six months ago. Uh, it's been a while. I, I guess I, I do think it's selling well, and it may be the biggest movie of all time. I just think it's what's hard about it is with reserved seating and IMAX and stadium and like all the new formats and stuff people have like, well, Rhiannon, as someone who lives in New York city, you buy movie tickets in advance in a way you wouldn't have five years ago, just because they moved to reserve seating versus general seating, right? Like that change alone has changed how you buy tickets. I would think. Absolutely. Yeah. I want that metal metal seat. So I don't know. I, I feel like that plays, I feel like that plays a role, you know, but Right, but I mean, the point of the matter is they don't need to sell the damn movie. Right, yeah. You know, they don't have to do anything. And that's that's the thing. They don't have to do it, and they know that. So they're they're sending all these people out on a formality. And they, Renner wouldn't even talk to the character of Hawkeye. And, you know, Red wouldn't talk to the character of Scott Lang. I mean, they're not even letting these actors talk about their characters in well, the movie. But we know just... why that is because they're both characters that have largely been defined as their role as fathers and they're probably characters who are both going to find out their kids got snapped. But they can't talk about that. Right, but I mean show show me somewhere where um, you know, Evans or Downey have actually talked about their character. You know, I mean RDJ mentioned something about it being a family, then Chris started talking about something, then Joe Russo cut him off. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a press tour at this point is for everybody to look and be like, oh, Robert Downey Jr., I like watching him. Yeah, I need to check out this movie with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Paul Rudd. You know, let's you know, get, just get people talking about Paul Rudd. Not because his character is going to have an arc of being a father, but because, oh my God, look at his amazing skin at age 50. Oh, he's in a movie. Oh yeah. I should go see that movie with Paul Rudd. I mean, they've got 32 stars in this movie. They're trying to hit all those bases of maybe you aren't a Marvel person. I mean, maybe there's one person out there that still doesn't realize there's a movie coming out where they can see their face in the next couple of weeks. I think they should do the press tour after the, you know, after do it like Netflix does, do it like after the movie's out, because all you're going to get is frustrated people if they're just now learning about it and they need to go buy a ticket. Yeah, and I think fans would benefit from that too. Some of the best stuff that came out of last year was when Marcus and McFeely sat down with Collider and did like a 45 minute interview about oh they put together the script for Infinity War, like that was good content. And so I'm more excited about the post-movie press than I am about the pre-movie press, you know? Right, or that huge Q&A the Russo brothers did, you know? They they live-streamed that, you know? They watched the damn movie with a theater full of people. Uh, if you do want to see good media, well, the one thing I did enjoy, Entertainment Weekly did like a 15-minute roundtable with the original Six and Feige. And uh, I think the reporter did a really good job of realizing he wasn't going to get anything on Endgame. And so he asked questions like, what's the first time you met Stan Lee and what was that like? And I thought that some of that stuff was interesting and he did a pretty good job of 
talking to the cast about the making of these movies and the history more than the new one. So I thought that one was pretty decent. All right. Do you guys want to talk about Cloak and Dagger for a little bit? I've watched the first two episodes. Uh, Rihanna, what'd you think of the first two? Because we had, you hadn't seen it last time we talked about it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm feeling a little bit meh at the moment, but interested. I think our buddy Chris Compendio like, worded it very well. He said something to the extent of, I like everything about the show except watching it. I'm having a really hard time like watching it, but I'm really liking a lot of the stuff in it. I'm loving the New Orleans feel. They're a little bit more in the city than last year. They're a little bit more some of the weird intricacies. The uh, ladies standing around the telephone pole singing for the missing girls. That just feels like something you'd encounter in New Orleans that you wouldn't really encounter in the rest of America. You know, I'm loving Ty and Tandy embracing their skills, like wanting to be heroes. I'm loving um, Cop Lady, whose name I can never, ever remember. And, you know, the little twist of her having a alter twin. I'm liking everything about it. It's just, I can't get excited about it and i'm trying really hard i love it it was dope it took me forever to get uh, probably halfway through uh 202 is when it finally clicked um but yeah wait we're talking about episode one and two right let's let's talk about that twist because they set it up i mean it really felt like we were going to do another like disassociative identity disorder or something like you know that like mayhem was some kind of multiple personality situation and then when we actually saw two like physical forms of her i i thought it was brilliant because i was like i didn't see that coming at all that is not where i thought this was headed and i i don't totally know what to do with it like i'm fascinated to see them pull apart how that happened but I thought it was a very smart way to do something different that we haven't seen on one of these shows recently. Also, I'll let the record reflect that um, Freeform and Cloak and Dagger did hella press on leading up to it, and that was not spoiled. Um, so it's possible, you know, right. that you can keep huge, magnificent twists and actually still doing press. But I know it's apples to oranges, but guys it fits my narrative come on i was just wondering what hella had to do with cloak and dagger press but that's (laughs) you know it's like he was using hella like gwen stefani does yeah yeah no i get it i get it i use it too i no 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 that's a great point i mean there was a good twist and i'm so glad it's not disassociate did i'm just so glad it's not did because we've been through that two or three times on netflix in the last year i feel like i don't even remember what all they were but i felt like it was becoming, I know that there was Typhoid Mary with it, but then there was, uh, it was somewhere else. I don't know. Is there somewhere else with disassociative? Maybe not. Maybe I'm. Maybe just, it was just Bullseye. There was like just Bullseye's just mental to... health issues. Yeah. And oh, the that's bees right. That's buzzing right. in his head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man. We'll never, never mind. <laughs> we'll never see that Bullseye again. I know. All right. Does that do it for Cloak and Dagger talk? Yeah. We'll watch episode three by next week. How about that? Yeah, this is our, going to be our new routine. For our regular listeners, we're going to talk about this on the Wednesday after it airs, which means you will it'll be about nine days between when it airs and when the podcast comes out. But we figured that was best because people don't watch it the night of and 
there's a delay and that way we can record the episodes um live on the tv and all that stuff so all right let's talk about endgame because it is time uh i want to do a little game here of endgame predictions so i am going to come up with a list of things that may or may not happen just for the record neither of us have seen endgame so if any of these things happen to be correct we're not spoiling the movie we don't know what happens in the movie all right listeners but uh, i'm gonna put some things out there and we're gonna make predictions and we're gonna see who uh who knows who guesses this movie the best does that make sense jokes on you i've already seen it so i'm gonna spoil all three hours (laughs) I know that's not Robert Downey Jr. has not seen it yet. I know you have not. Uh, let's start with character deaths. So it's simple. Is someone going to be dead at the end of Endgame or not? Uh, we'll start with Captain America. Go. Is Captain America going to be dead at the end of Endgame? Hell yeah. He's going to die within the first act. No questions asked. So is this... So we are saying dead, really dead, no hint of them coming back at the end of the movie. I'll put it this way. I think that it, they're dead if the characters believe they're dead. Like if they're in a big explosion, that leaves the opportunity that maybe they weren't killed in the explosion. That still counts as dead. But generally speaking, the other characters think they're dead. Okay. I'm going to go with Kappa's... Okay, and we're scoring. Okay, I'm gonna go with Cap is dead. All right, I'm saying that Cap is dead as well. I'm pretty sure that Chris Evans is done doing this. So, all right, we're all together on that. Iron Man, dead. Mm, not dead. I'm gonna say not dead. He's gonna be around enough to like show up in a spider-man movie if they throw him lots of money because i because robert downey jr wants it all right thor not dead not dead i'm saying dead the future is tessa thompson's this is going to be the surprise one because they they know better than to just make it about contracts and availability that's the one where hemsworth would like to keep it going but he'll be dead all right this this should be easy hawkeye not dead. You said Hawkeye? Not dead. Due to this Disney streaming show, not dead. <laughs> but yes, deaf. I like the deaf idea. Uh, Black Widow. Dead. 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 Yeah, I'm thinking so too. I think the fact that she's got a movie coming up will trick people, but it's going to be a prequel. So she's gone. Uh, Hulk dead hulk you know why because he's going to be the one to uh, wield the stark infinity gauntlet and he's going to be have to be the one to sacrifice him self him and cap will die very ceremoniously probably black widow too we'll probably all die very ceremoniously but hulk's like the go-to he's got to be if they make another infinity gauntlet he's got to be the one to wield it wait hulk or bruce banner was that both? See, like, I feel like Hulk died in the last movie. Let's do them separate. Let's do Hulk first, and then we'll do Banner. Yeah, I think they'll both die. So, yes, to the Hulk. Rhiannon? 
I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with both dead. Both dead. Uh, I think Hulk's gonna go, but Banner is gonna be finally free of the Hulk, and he's gonna get a happy ending. Aw, give Banner a happy ending. That'll that'll be good. <laughs> Not in a Robert Kraft way, but you know what we I mean. I was like. gonna drop that, <laughs> but then I figured it wasn't a leave it to the preacher to drop that one. Uh, War Machine. Dead. Not dead. He'll be alive. I think he's going to die. That's how, that's how they'll bring Tony his tragedy is you'll lose War Machine. Uh, let's see. Who do we still have alive in this? Oh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel will be yeah. alive. Yeah. Nah, they're going to kill her. <laughs> yeah, she's she's alive. Maybe. Okay. Adam's doing this so that when we go back to count later, there'll be no way to say, what did he really say? Did Captain he say Marvel yes did he is say no? alive. Caleb, are you writing down these answers? I am. I'm typing all of these answers so that we know. Um, uh, who else is in this movie? I'm trying Rocket, to think. If the they kill movie. Rocket, so help me God, I will quit the MCU forever. <laughs> so you're saying no, no on Rocket alive. Death. If they kill Rocket, oh, buddy. I'll join. I'll join Rhiannon in her F the Russos movement. I'm not. I'm not saying F the Russos. <laughs> okay, Rocket uh, Dead or No? Let's say surprise Rocket Death. Uh, yes. Let's go with surprise Rocket Death. All right. See you guys. Have a good one. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no because he just he sells too many toys. I mean, Adam, if we had told you, I mean, if. I mean, before Infinity War, if somebody said they're going to kill Groot, you'd have never believed that either. Probably, because they've already... We know he'll come back. Uh, Nebula. Nebula. Alive. You think she's alive? Well, Karen Gillan's read the Volume 3 script. Okay, alright, alive. But, Volume 3 could be... Between 2014 and 2018. All right, Ant-Man. Alive. Alive. Yeah, I think so. All right, that leaves one. Uh, uh, oh, Okoye. Okoye, alive. Alive. Yeah, I think so, too. She's too important I mean, to Black Panther. T'Challa, I mean, assuming T'Challa's coming back, Black Panther needs her. Needs her. All right, we've got one more character on the poster, which I think is the most interesting one. Thanos, dead or alive at the end of this movie? Dead. Damn, this one's hard. Dead. All right, I think we're all in agreement on that. I'm pretty sure you have to kill him. Like, there has to be the catharsis of him going, if he's still hanging around. Besides, they need to make space for a new villain, I think, so. All right, uh... Let's talk about plot elements. Yes or no, there will be time travel in this movie. Yes, there will be time travel in this movie. Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. Quantum Realm's time travel, right? Well... Does that consider? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 There's time travel. Yeah. I, for me, it's the the mention of time vortexes and Ant Man and the Wasp. That's not an accident. I'm pretty sure that's going to be there. So 
Um, well, I guess we kind of just answered this, but so are we all yes on the quantum realm being that they're all going to go into the quantum realm? Yes. So, I mean, what is it hopping back in time or is the quantum realm like going to a previous time? Like is traveling to a previous, that's stupid. I mean, alternate dimensions or something like that. You know, they've been soliciting those alternate reality comics. I mean, I would say yes to the quantum realm, maybe. I'll say yes to both of them, just for simplicity's sake. Jesus. Why are you asking so tough a question, man? <laughs> well, I, I have to put them in yes or no's, because otherwise we have to have a point scoring system. Of like, well, yeah, okay, so Adam's yes answer both. was say yes. 80% correct. <laughs> y- yes, 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 and yes. All right, um, let's try this. A massive group shot. Something akin to the Avengers, you know, the first Avengers circle shot or the uh, Age of Ultron, like, shot in the round where the whole team's fighting the Ultron robots or the Wakanda shot that never happened in Infinity War. Will we have a massive group shot in this movie? Yes. We will. I don't think it'll be like a circle type thing, but like almost like a, you remember that tracking shot with Thor's hammer? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And Ragnarok, I think it'll be something similar to that. Like, if they're in the Battle of New York, obviously 32 heroes probably won't be on the same street. So maybe something of that nature. When they followed the Iron Man part of the circle shot before Iron Man lands in the circle shot. Maybe something like that. So yes, yes. Yes with an explanation. All right. Uh, I'll put it this way. A hundred percent of the snapped people will return. No. Wait. Return. Yes. Return, but maybe not survive. Yeah, they'll return to life. They will be unsnapped at some point. Yes. So just the snapped people, the dusted people. Yep. Yes, they'll all return. Uh, I think I'm going to go with that. Yeah. You know what? Just for fun's sake, to make this interesting, I'm going to say no. I'm thinking there'll be some mechanism where they have to pick and choose. And there'll be this cosmic choice where Cap knows that he can like give his life for one of them, but only for one of them. And so he's got to pick between Falcon and Bucky. That would really screw with the emotions, man. <laughs> Except they're both getting a TV show. That's That's true. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's say this, this is more stressful than doing NCAA brackets. <laughs> like, I mean, well, hopefully, was it's anybody going to pick then. Duke to lose? No, but Duke lost, so yeah. Sorry. Well, hopefully, it's good content then. All right, uh, Gamora will return from the dead. Yes. Uh, no. Okay, Rhiannon, you said yes on that one? I'm saying yes. I am saying Gamora will return from the dead. I'm saying yes, too, because it's going to be some kind of soul stone weirdness. I mean, and I could be, that's the thing. Like, she might just be trapped in the soul stone, and we'll get to see her, like, fighting Thanos within the soul stone realm or whatever. But she may not return to life. So I may be wrong because of that, but I'm I'm going for her returning to life. 
All right. Uh, Loki is going to return to life. No. No. I'm with you guys. I think the Loki series will all be flashback. Uh, Peggy and Steve will get a last dance. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm a yes on that too. We have a lot of the answers the same here. Totally random one. Uh, Spidey will return and uh, Spidey will get his black suit because he was in space. No. Huh. No way, Jose. I would have said yes a year ago because I thought that was really going to happen in Infinity War, but no, I don't think so. Eternals, an Eternals appearance of some kind. Post credit, yes. I'll go with no. I'm going to say yes. Uh, oh, this is what I want to do. Uh, they're going to create an infinity watch. In other words, the stones will be given to individuals who will have to take care of those stones uh, from here on out and protect them. No, because they're going to destroy the Infinity Stones. Okay. Oh, I'm going with no. Okay, I'm going to say yes. I think I'm going to keep the stones around in case they want them later. But Adam, you say they're going to destroy the Infinity Stones? Yes. Let's make that one. Do you think they're going to destroy the Infinity Stones, Rhiannon? Can I go with partially? I think they'll destroy at least one. Okay, that's fair. I'm going to say... Uh, I'll do that too. Yeah, they'll destroy at least one. And <laughs> we'll give half points. Oh boy. What can we speculate? Is Richard Ryder going to make an appearance? Okay, sure. That's that's a good sure. one. No. I'll say no. I'll say no as uh, well. <laughs> uh, oh, this is well. This is decent. Will the battle of Zan? Uh, will we see the destruction of Xandar? Yes. Yes. Uh, I'll go with no, just to be different. Yeah, I'm gonna go with no as well. Will we hear someone say "Avengers Assemble"? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. Will somebody tell Spidey that with great power comes great responsibility? Oh, that's a good one. If that is... Oh, God, I hope it's not like Iron Man's dying declaration or something it's, like that. It's possible. What do you say, Adam? Yes or no to great power, great responsibility? That would be so corny. Oh, man, I would cringe with how corny that is. I hate the line the way it is. No, I'm going to say no. Just because I really I want that. it. I want Tony to say that to him. And then, I mean, I don't want Tony to die. But if Tony's going to die. I'm just picturing it like him on his deathbed or he's choking on his own blood. <laughs> Cup's great responsibility. And then it's like, ugh. Yeah, I'm going to say no because I think they probably, I think Uncle Ben said it and we're going to see it eventually. Once they reveal, you know, I think they'll, they'll cast somebody to be Uncle Ben at some point, so. Right, well, I'm going with yes. Uh, will we get uh, Scott Lang's daughter as stature or as, you know, like, will she take up the Ant-Man? Because there's been a lot of rumors about this. Will we see Cassie Lang become a superhero? I'll go with yes. I'll go with no. 
Uh, I'm gonna say yes. I think they gotta put, get us ready for something. I think they'll. I think there could be if they do time travel. I think they might really mess with our brains and give us a future scene in time travel, where they show us like a glimpse of the MCU in ten years, just enough to whet our appetites and then pull us out of it, which I think would be interesting. Oh, that would be really exciting. So yeah, that's another one. Well, we have a flash forward scene that gives us a hint of the future of the MCU. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, a flash forward scene. I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, sure. Yes. I'm gonna go with yes. All right. Um, I think this is a good one. Will we get a new villain who will sort of take over Thanos' place as the big villain, whether it's in the end credit scene or just hinted at, but a new threat that's looming down the way? Um, not that builds up over 22 movies. Um, maybe. I mean, I think there'll be recurring villains perhaps um that switch between properties but i don't think um this makes i'll say no i'll say yes uh, that by the end of endgame there will be some other villain introduced i'm gonna say no because i think they want us really to come to a place of peace on this like to feel like this is really the end of a saga so will we get the black and white vision the yeah, like robot for vision sure Yes, black and white. Black I and think white yes as well. Sure. I'll go with no, just to have some difference in scores. <laughs> okay. All right. I think that's enough. I think that'll do. We've got plenty of them going here. So, all right. This is a fair enough one. One more from Michael T. Ford. Will we get any new heroes at all in the movie? So we had some specific ones, but more generically, any at all. Yes. I would say yes. I'll say yes too. That seems like a good one. All right. I think that does it for this. Uh, let me pull up the mailbag and then we'll be out of here. Uh, I do know on Twitter, we got uh, a tweet from Matt Turner toad. Apparently I made lots of voices last week and I didn't even realize I was doing it, but he was like, you have to listen this week. There are so many voices. So thanks for paying attention, man. I didn't even, uh, I didn't even notice that happening. So, uh, I wanted to mention Thomas or Tomas. I don't know which it is. Maybe it's Tomas. Either way, thank you for listening. Uh, at Tomas SGE. And uh, he just said, at Marvel News Desk, I've been watching you guys for a few weeks now, and I'm officially hooked to your podcast. Keep up the good work. So thank you. We appreciate it. We're glad that you are on board and uh, are glad to have you uh, listening. Uh, Michael T. Ford uh, tweeted about the podcast this week, which was awesome. Um, uh, had some good conversation, uh, with, uh, Uberku had a, oh, what was he saying? Let me see. Uh, he had some good thoughts on last week's, he had an idea, um, because, uh, if, because, uh, there's so many characters in Endgame and Infinity War, he thought that we should do on the podcast a, like greatest hits like the end game and bring back old people from the uh, podcast, including MCU X days. And he was saying that we should bring back Doug and Addie and people like that from MCU exchange. I am pretty sure that I would not be able to get a hold of Doug if I really wanted to. So as much as that might be a wonderful idea, what's Doug up to these days? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I, I assume he's at law school still. So, I mean, last, I mean, we have his phone number, don't we? You might. I don't think I do. Oh, I don't. I thought we did. 
Doug, if you're out there and you hear from us, give the show a a message. We'll we'll say we'll we'll try to get you on the pod. So, but Addy, like I think Addy left MCUX before we even really got there. Yeah, because I think (laughs) they had their own like little like video show that they did. Yeah, and I don't want to speak out of turn, but I want to say that somebody was dating somebody and then they stopped dating, and so that was the end of that show. Is that correct? Yes, but it wasn't Doug and Addy. Oh, okay. I don't think. Or it was, it was or it wasn't. Person. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, but yes. Yeah. I think there was a breakup that preceded all of those things. So. Yes. We're telling stories out of school about a web show that disappeared two and a half years ago. And yes. most of our listeners are like, what are they, what are they going on about? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's uh, that. Let me go to the website, see if we have any comments on last week's pod. We do. Uh Dave, Jump Point should be explained in a Fantastic Four movie. Um, maybe have Reed Richards explain them to Selvig or Shuri. Uh, <laughs> perhaps they were formed by Thanos Snap as four-dimensional tears across space-time. I love that Dave is taking this seriously, given our conversation about how Rhiannon doesn't really care. So, uh, anyways, no, he has... Dave, I'm excited. I'm excited that you're taking it seriously. Uh... I... Yay, Dave. As cosmic jump points have been around longer and cover more distance, they've been utilized a lot more. It also means that the invasion of the first Avengers film might have coincided with a new jump point near Earth, uh, which is interesting that then... uh, Oh, but that doesn't work because Captain Marvel's the one where it was near Earth. Anyways, good thoughts by Dave on jump points. Uh, Love Waffle had used the Spider-Man meme to talk about Cloak and Dagger, which I thought was funny. Um, Okay, that's funny now that I've seen it and know what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't totally understand this. Something about a voodoo goddess or something. I don't... Sorry, Love Waffle. I'm just not following you. But nonetheless, if you want to see that, that's on the webpage. Uh, And thanks for listening, everybody. We really appreciate everybody who interacts with us on... Uh, Facebook and uh, well not well Facebook Twitter whatever all those places I'm getting tired and the show is getting long all right thanks for listening to the podcast you guys can interact with us a lot of ways send us messages on Twitter at Marvel News Desk uh, also the MarvelNewsDesk.com posts each week are a good place to leave comments if you want to support support the show we'd love for you to become a patron over at Patreon.com/MarvelNewsDesk if you want to interact with us live like Michael T Ford and others do. We love that, and that's available for our $5 and above levels. Uh, you can also get access to a special uh, podcast, regardless of your level, at Patreon. Uh, that includes uh, a variety of things, as well as early access to some of our videos. Like us on Facebook.com slash Marvel News Desk. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're still shy of that 1,000 subscribers that helps make our lives easier. So if you like this show, please do that. Watch.MarvelNewsDesk.com and hit subscribe. You can help the show be more visible if you give us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, Most of all, though, we just appreciate you guys listening every week. Thanks to Tim Cox for the logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim V. Cox. And thanks to Alvin for the theme music. Uh, You can find his music on At The Skull School on a variety of social media platforms. Uh, Next week, we'll talk about Endgame again, I'm sure. So if you have a good angle on what you want to hear about Endgame in our final preview to the movie podcast, then uh, let us know. All right, I think that does it. We'll see you guys later.